The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Todd and Oz. Nation's high courts, the Supreme Court's convening very shortly to hear arguments on whether or not Trump will be on the ballots in Colorado. Uh, If the Supreme Court says that uh, Colorado can remove him, then uh, other states may uh, follow suits. That's uh, that's the word. Mm. Uh, It's a big deal. It's huge, actually. It really is. I mean, it, it, it... It affects everything moving into November. Yeah. It really does. And no matter how the Supreme Court decides uh, today or whenever they come out with their decision in a few weeks or whatever, uh, it's it's going to anger half the country, Of right? course it will. Well, uh, you could jump in at 512-836-0590. Uh, states with uh, disqualification challenges include Texas, New Mexico, California, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, Vermont, uh, New York, uh, Wisconsin, uh, and now Colorado is before the Supreme Court on this issue. Uh, Fox News is uh, having a robust conversation about this, uh, including, uh, well, let's listen in live uh, right now. Previously taken an oath shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. What was this amendment meant for and what does it, how does it apply today? Well, I think you're going to hear a lot of discussion about that historical context to understand its meaning. This was written after a civil war in which hundreds of thousands of people died. You had a confederacy that had its own army, navy, foreign policy, and currency. Uh, and the members of Congress were not thrilled to see the former vice president of the confederacy standing in line to take the oath again, the oath that he had violated before that civil war. And they put an end to that, uh, at least potentially, in this amendment. Uh, But that context is going to weigh very heavily. Many of us believe that this theory is just wrong, wrong on the text, uh, wrong on the history. It also happens to be incredibly dangerous. But the court is really culturally inclined to have the, the smallest footprint possible at these moments. And they have three primary questions here. Is the president subject to this uh, provision? Does the provision automatically apply uh, or does it need some type of act of Congress? And then finally, was this an insurrection? Now, what we're going to be listening for is particularly Chief Justice Roberts. He's going to want to eke out a, a heavy majority, if not a unanimity on the court. That's going to mean trying to find something that obviously all of these justices can agree on. That may be the question of whether this is automatic or not. It is less likely to be whether this was an insurrection. But I think that most of us anticipate that the court will look at this rather dimly, that down this road lies madness. If you allow states to do this, a single state mm-hmm. under our electoral college system could effectively bar a candidate. Mm. I'm going to bring in Kerry on this too. And just go back to the map that Dana was talking about a moment ago. So you've got two active cases, Colorado and Maine. And then you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven others that are pending. Carrie, if the court today rules against the plaintiffs from the state of Colorado, um, what happens to the other cases? Are they are they frozen too, or do they continue? Well, it really depends on how they rule, but you know it, it bears repeating that if the court does not rule in favor of the former president, I, 
I think it creates an untenable patchwork across this nation, and I think we'll descend into chaos. I'm not even quite sure how an election would work when millions of Americans would potentially be disenfranchised from voting for the candidate of their choosing. And so I'm sure the Supreme Court is taking into consideration uh, the political ramifications, the aspects, as Professor Turley has said, the dangerous uh, component to all of this, should they not weigh in and create some kind of um, national decision that would apply to, um, with these states as well. Huh. Shannon, I wondered if, uh, I'm sorry, do we need to do anything else here? No, right, you know, the, if, That's, if the, uh, the conversation there with uh, uh, Jonathan Turley, the Georgetown uh, law professor, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting mm. because depending how the, on how the Supreme Court goes on this, he says it could lead to a slippery slope and total chaos of the future. Uh, I, I mean, to me, that's, that seems pretty obvious that it would. Every party would be, uh, I don't know, charged with uh, keeping the other party's candidate off the ballot. That's right. That's right. And, and you know, think of uh, you know, some states are far more critical in these elections for the, you know, the Electoral College than others. And those that are, are, are much more influential in that could, could really just swing everything. And you get these blue states, you know, that, hit, that always vote blue. You know, and they let this happen. Trump will come off the ballot in every single one of those. Yeah. Uh, th this is this is a precedent that does not need to be set, and if it does, uh, it's I think it's it's over. Eight sixteen, and Billy is checking in on the Todd and Oz show this morning. Billy, good morning. Hi guys, listen. One of evil's greatest tactics is deception, mm. and if we allow them to continue to redefy terms like insurrection. We, we're, we're going to get what we get. Uh, the only insurrection that happened in the last few years, one that happened in 2020, where there were people walking up behind retired police captains and shooting them in the back of the head. Mm. And that's on their side. Mm. Trump disputed the election, which he had a perfect right to do. And what we have to understand is that these people are lying to us. They will accuse us of lying. But they only do that so they can say, well, you do it, too. Yeah. You know, that, that's that's part of their deception. And what we have to understand is we are dealing with evil incarnate. It's staring us in the face. And, uh, you know, we, we've got to fight back. Yeah, it's it's you're right. The left likes to redefine words. And uh, you're right. You're right about that. They're screaming insurrection. But at the same time, you got the Rashida Talabs, the Elon Omars, the Greg Kassars of the world that actively are running sedition campaigns while in office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in full public, too, trying to undermine everything that is fundamentally American. Yeah. Billy, that's a good point, you know, about the redefining of words. And, and, you know, they've been doing that for years. But you're right. It's kind of a deception campaign, if you will. Well, stuff like that, I, I'm always taken back to when Greg Kassar was still on the Austin City Council and he said years ago... Progressives don't break the law. We preempt the law. Mm. And so, you know, he's just still operating along those lines. Listen, uh, a gun rights organization representing more than 2 million members and activists are urging senators to grill the Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen on alleged privacy violations committed by her department. Yeah, Yellen is uh, set to testify before the Senate Banking, Housing, and Urban Affairs Committee today. And uh, in a letter sent ahead of her testimony, Gun Owners of America... They requested the Committee of Lawmakers press the secretary on the, on the recent revelation that, well, federal investigators have been asking banks to search and filter customer transactions in terms related to the, uh, the firearms industry. Mm -hmm. uh, here's a quote from Adian Johnston, the director 
for federal affairs at the uh, Gun Owners of America organization. Congress cannot allow the federal government to continue establishing and expanding a database on guns and gun owners. Whether it is uh, the misuse of gun store records or financial data by the Department of Justice or firearm transaction data by the Department of Treasury, data collection on guns and their lawful owners, it must stop. Uh, jump in here at 512-836-0590. Some of the terms, like I, I was looking at this story here, and financial institutions were told to look for you know certain words like Trump and MAGA and, and other things that don't make sense. Schumer, Pence, white power, uh, shoot gun. Like, why, would, why would any of these transactions have these, these words in them that they're at, – at, at, where is this uh, – I'm drawing a blank on the name of the uh, Bass Pro Shop. Yeah, Bass, Bass Pro, Pro and other, yeah. other places too, like Academy and other places yeah. where you know they sell things. Yeah, Fox News Digital previously reported that the Treasury Department's Office of Stakeholder Integration and Engagement in the Strategic Operations of the Financial Crimes Enforcement Division, they distributed materials to financial institutions that outlined typologies of various persons of interest and provided the banks with suggested search terms and merchant category codes for identifying transactions on behalf of federal law enforcement. Mm. Things like, uh, words like, well, here's a list right here. Here's a list of words that they sent on to the banks. Things like Trump, MAGA, Biden, Kamala, Antifa, White Power, Camp Auschwitz, Proud B, Storm, uh, the Capitol, uh, you know, Threepers, Boogaloo, Civil War, Last Sons, Kill, Shoot, Gun, Death, Murder, Pelosi, Schumer, and Pence. <laughs> and so when they're talking about these terms, you know, say they were told to look for transactions with those terms included in that. What do they mean by that? What, what transact? You mean, are these like people who bought guns and we want to look them up to see if they've done searches on, on Google for yeah. these terms? Is that pretty what much, they mean? Pretty much. Uh, FinCEN, it also provided banks with suggested terms and merchant category codes for the firearms industry, including the GOA partners like AR15.com. Browning Arms Company, Glock Inc., Sour, you know, things like that, Ruger Company, and others. Well, the purpose of flagging these transactions, according to Fox Digital, was to identify potential active shooters and international terrorists, domestic terrorists, and homegrown violent extremists, lone wolves. Okay. So that's, uh, that's the goal. The initial terms, MAGA and Trump, were revealed in a letter by the House Judiciary Committee, Jim Jordan, uh, the Republican from Ohio, uh, to a former director of FinCEN and Fox News Digital back in January. Mm. I mean, this is. I, I hope she. I hope she has some answers here, Janet Yellen, because this is this is prying deeply into people. This is looking at your your search history for, well, seemingly no good reason other than you know we want to find out who has guns and who doesn't. Yeah. When really it's none of your business. It's none of your business at all. Yeah. Actually, don't need a reason to own a gun. By right, that's your that's your. That's your right as an American citizen. Well, she's uh, she's set to testify uh, later this afternoon, and, uh, and 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 expect some uh, some tough questions, I guess. Right? Hopefully, right? They they need to ask her a whole lot of questions here. Well, in that letter that Johnson wrote, uh, he 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 pointed to a testimony received by the House Judiciary Committee indicating that Bank of America provided the FBI voluntarily and without any legal process with a list of individuals who made firearms transactions in Washington, D.C.'s uh, metro area using a Bank of America credit card between January the 5th and January the 7th, 2021. Mm, right around the time of the January 6th event. He also referenced the GOA accusations that the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms is uh, maintaining an illegal gun registry 
a reference to this new ATF rule requiring federal firearms licensees to maintain purchase records indefinitely. Yeah. Indefinitely. It's not anybody's business. I mean, if, if you're just a, a regular American citizen, you've committed no crimes, you have, you know, you, you meet all the legal definitions of owning a gun. It's nobody's business where you buy one, how many you've purchased, or, or where, you, where you store them for that matter. Yeah. You know? As long as you're doing everything by, by the law. Right. You know? Uh, but but this clearly there. This is just a part of that ongoing effort to whittle away at, at your Second Amendment rights until one day it's just a, an empty phrase, Second Amendment, with nothing behind it. Yeah. Well, I I thought that uh, that that investigative group there at the Treasury Fincen was was created to I don't know crack down on money crimes, things like that, money laundering and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. I I think so. Uh, certainly doesn't doesn't seem like that they should be in the market of of. Uh, you know, surveilling legal gun owners or wor- worrying at all what they're doing. The, the, uh, I'm, I'm not surprised that this has happened. It's yeah. just very unfortunate, and it's just further evidence that they're working They're working against you. Uh, jump in here, 512-836-0590 uh, here on the Todd and Oz Show. And uh, uh, Senator Tommy Tuberville, the Republican from Alabama, uh, he's weighing in on this story about, uh, you know, the Colorado ballots, trying to keep Trump off the ballots. Mm-hmm. Well, the Supreme Court is set to hear arguments on that cal- that challenge in the Colorado decision to remove the former president from the ballot. Here's what uh, Tommy Tumberville had to say. They're using legal theory that has never been used before. It goes way beyond the Constitution. It twists the words of our Constitution into something that has never been. He's got a good point. Uh, here's more from newsman David Spence. Uh, he's at the Supreme Court building. Colorado officials are standing by this decision. In the brief from the Secretary of State, she writes this, just as Colorado cannot be a forced to place on its presidential primary ballot a naturalized citizen, a minor, or someone twice elected to the presidency, it also should not be forced to include a candidate found by its courts to have violated his oath to support the Constitution by engaging in insurrection. Direction. So the justices will have to wade through all kinds of procedural arguments, but also this question of whether or not the 45th president of the United States engaged in insurrection, as you would imagine. His legal team presses back very hard against that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Now, uh, in addition to Colorado, the top election official in Maine reached a similar uh, conclusion in late December and determined the former president Trump is uh, constitutionally barred from holding office. So let's say the Supreme Court sides with Colorado and all these states. What is the, the Democrat left? What do they think is going to happen next? That people will just say, oh, okay, all right, we'll pick somebody else. Oh, okay, we're going to vote for Nikki, right? <laughs> yeah. I, 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 is that what they think is going to happen? you got to assume people would just go ahead and vote Trump anyway, right? Just, all right, so we're not on the ballot. So. We'll go and just write him in. I think you're right, yeah. You could see something historic there with, you know, a, a candidate who was barred from X number of states from even being on the ballot, mm-hmm. winning those states, nevertheless. But th- this would set a terrible precedent. This would be the end of the line for us in terms of, of our elections. Uh, because from here on out, the game would no longer be about just, you know, trying to demonize the other guy. It would be about knocking him off the ballot in as many st- in all 50 states as possible. Kansas Senator Roger Marshall spoke just outside the Supreme Court. We want to fight for the right of we the people to elect our next president, not uh, not a bunch of judges. Eight thirty-three here on the Todd and Oz show, and you can join us at five one two eight three six zero five ninety. Let me squeeze in uh, 
Johnny real quick. He's checking in on the Todd and Oz show. Johnny, good morning. Good morning, fellas. How y'all? Great. What my, my question is to you, what's the difference? They, they're trying to keep Trump off the ballot for insurrection. What about what Joe Biden's done? Look at what he's done to Texas. Look at what he's done to the country on the border. Is that not breaking the Constitution? Yes. Why don't the red states push to keep Biden off the ballot? Yeah. Yeah, why don't they? Why don't they, Johnny? Yeah, because it's downright treasonous yeah, what why? he's done at the border there. Johnny, why don't they? These Republicans... These Republicans, pardon my French, need to get up off their ass and do something. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see one Republican fighting for Trump whatsoever. Not like they, they, they cater to Joe Biden. I, I don't I don't understand it. I, I just don't get it. What's yeah. what's the difference? Yeah, no, I hear you, man. I hear the frustration and uh it's shared. That's uh, that's something that you know we, we have not seen for gosh, decades it seems, you know, in the Republican Party. They they just don't seem to be able to rally around like like the Democrats do, you know, they, yeah. they they pick their guy, and then that's that's it. We're all in for him. Listen, um, I'm going to change the subject a little bit, and, and, and yeah, you could join us on anything that you've heard this morning at five one two eight three six zero five ninety. Listen, Austin, Texas has um, has basically failed. Uh, the leadership at Austin City Hall is truly just just downright a failure across the board. Yes. And, uh, and, and and that's not me saying that. That is the city manager. He's the one that's in charge of the city. The city It's a city manager, strong city. Uh, and, uh, and our city manager says that Austin, Texas sucks. I would agree with him. At trying to solve the homeless crisis. They have not done good at all. Horrible job. Now, don't take our word for it. Here's city manager Jesus Garza. We've allocated almost in excess of $200 million to this issue alone. At the, in that course of that time, the number of homeless have not decreased, but in fact have increased. And that's since 2021. $200 million since 2021. Yeah. More than. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, collectively, I think we all can agree that whatever the city is doing, it, it should just stop completely. Everything. Every homeless program you have, every shelter you have, it should just come to an end today. Yeah. Because what you're doing is not working. It's it's making the problem worse. No, the city's like King Midas in reverse. Yeah. Uh, recently, the council approved a, a $2 million contract with uh, the company called McKinsey, a third-party firm to conduct a review of the city's homeless programs. $2 million. Mm. To tell us what we're telling you right now. <laughs> However, because of Travis County voted against contributing $400,000 towards this review, well, the city is now reconsidering that contract. Yeah, or so, looking at other options, perhaps, that they can supplement their decision. I don't think we need $2 million to tell us that we're failing on this front. No. We don't need to spend that kind of money on this front, do no, we? No, no, not at all. Well, I mean, it's, it's abundantly clear that we have not done well here. Here's uh, here's one text. Uh, it says, um, the city was if the city was serious about helping the homeless, they would make it illegal to set up camps everywhere. Oh, by the way, that's already uh, a state law. Oops. Uh, and if the city was serious about helping the homeless, they would make a no panhandling law, no loitering law, no laying, no sleeping around. Oh, by the way, that's already a city ordinance. Maybe they, maybe they just need to enforce the existing laws. And have you seen what, what the city's own homeless policies or it's the, the way it deals with homelessness? You've seen how it's affecting the green belt? You've seen some of these videos from that uh, Jamie, uh, what's his name, Hammond? I think, I think it's, I think, uh, it's Dash. on X on yeah. Twitter, Dash, at Dash. And so he goes in, and I think it's this most recent 
It, it, was it this most recent uh, camp that he was in there? Actually, uh, that mm-hmm. one that just got cleaned, cleared right, out by a Longhorn one. Longhorn Dam, and he's, t- he's showing there. Just the ground is is destroyed. Everything. I, I mean, it's it's like everything is tainted under the ground, and it, and he makes the point, and I kind of agree with him. When you look at the the city's own homeless policies, are actually helping contribute to the decline of the green belt and and all of these environmental things that the city claims to hold so sacred. The the city is creating it. I mean, it's it's like its own golem. Yeah, it is. Here's an example of some of the things the city is dealing with, but we continue to throw money at it. The city of Austin not too long ago set up the Marshalling Yard as an emergency homeless shelter. The Marshalling Yard was built years ago uh, with the expenses of the Austin Convention Center to be a kind of a storage place. Mm-hmm. It's a big it's a big warehouse, basically. Well, uh, you, the taxpayer, spent more than $9 million to uh, transform that facility into something where 600 people can stay. And about 15% of those folks have been kicked out for refusing to follow the rules. Another 5% kicked out because of illegal activity, including violence. We don't take exits lightly. We, we really try everything to not exit clients. But violence of any form towards other clients or towards shelter staff or my staff is not tolerated. Yeah, he's getting tough clients. right there. Yeah, he's a uh, homeless strategy officer, David Gray. He says fewer than three dozen people have left the shelter for... Uh, well, for uh, for any reasons, uh, you know, they found permanent housing. I guess fewer than th- fewer than three dozen. Twenty seven is the exact number. Twenty seven have already gone. Uh, have been managed to go through the marshalling yard and are now in permanent supportive housing. Right. Only twenty seven. Nine million dollars was spent, and we had twenty seven success stories. One hundred ninety of the people who have chosen to leave, that no, they have no idea where they went. Just completely gone. They're just gone. They don't want to be there. Yeah. They just don't want to be there. Okay. And, and, well, and they said, well, we, we didn't get to conduct an exit interview with them. So we have no idea where they went. Yeah. You got to think that happens at every one of these shelters. $9 million. What'd they do? They put in a couple of jacuzzis, a swimming pool. What'd they do over there? Uh, there was, uh, I, I, I think the, the group, maybe, I think it's called Endeavor or something like that. They, they contracted with a company. I think that's over the course of, you know, some time to, to run the operations and keep things afloat uh, in this big communal emergency shelter yeah 600 people 200 of whom that, that have left and have just disappeared into the ether yeah 27 from there have found permanent housing it's not working Mm-mm. and that's not our words that's the city manager that's right everything the city is doing is not working and you know we, we, we continue to put all our eggs into this housing first basket which is never gonna never gonna get us where we want to go in, in terms of solving the homeless problem we we just finished. Uh, we just opened up. Uh, the, what is it? A Sparrow Rutland, I think is what it called. Just this week, yeah. the city, uh, the, the Austin Housing Finance Corporation. I think they pumped like eight and a half million for acquisition of this, uh, and it's hundred and what seventy plus fully furnished apartments, studio apartments. Yeah, and th- they're going to give a lot of people who've been chronically homeless uh, just a home. That's not going to solve their problem. Let me play this audio again. This is uh, the city of Austin's homeless strategies are David Gray. We don't take exits lightly. We, we really try everything to not exit clients, but violence of any form towards other clients or towards shelter staff or my staff is not tolerated. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, let's stop calling them clients. Yeah, that's... They're non-taxpayers. How about that? Yeah, I mean, they're just staying at your shelter. That amounts to about 350000 bucks per person, doesn't it? Well, if you just look at the 27 who've yeah. found homes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that, with them, sure. How about this? How about, I got, how about an idea? How about a new idea will float out there? And this may sound radical and crazy, but uh, we're radical and crazy. <laughs> how about give each homeless person $25,000 and a one-way bus ticket? If they don't want to stay in our shelters, 
If they don't want to stay at the uh, the hotels we've purchased, how about twenty thousand dollars? Go away, never come back. I'm open to it. Is that a, is that a, is that a? It would be cheaper, right? I think it would. It would be significantly cheaper. No, I take that back. How about just a one way bus ticket? I like that idea better. Uh, that'd be cheaper, right? That's well, because you know, at, at some point you have to hit uh, that these are grown adults who make grown adult decisions to get themselves to where they are in life. Yeah, and and if they're sick and mentally ill. Or drug addicts or alcoholics, we have programs and the people of Austin are willing to pay for it. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to take advantage of that, then hit the bricks and man and start walking. Be cleaner. You wouldn't have to step over people as as many of them it, on Sixth Street. You might reduce the machete attacks. Eight forty seven here on the Tide and Oz show and Richard is checking in. Richard, what's on your mind? Oh, I'm just calling in to let y'all know that the new word for homeless people is houseless people. That's actually, right. It's actually that unhoused. Un- <laughs> the unhoused. Yeah, the unhoused. Yeah. You know why they say that? Because that, that allows them to shirk all blame for, for you know, any sort of... Uh, it, that, that, that implies that they're unhoused because something else caused them to, to right, be unhoused. Right, right. Not, yeah, not that they yeah. made their own decisions pe- to become pe- unhoused. People that lose their home in a tornado or a flood, they're unhoused. Right. Yeah. right? So these, no. these people are alcoholics, drug addicts, and mentally ill. Yeah, but the new term that they're teaching in college is houseless. Houseless. Is how you refer to homeless. There you go. There you go. Or experiencing homelessness, which drives me nuts. I can't. That's the one I can't stand. Uh, it is uh, eight forty-eight here on the Todd and Oz show, and Vandy, our producer, brought this to our attention here. Yeah, the Justice Department and the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau is is now suing Colony Ridge. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a it's a Texas-based lender and developer for allegedly operating an illegal land sales scheme and targeting tens of thousands of Hispanic borrowers with false statements and predatory loans. I can't recall the guy's name that uh, started uh, Colony Ridge. We had him on the show, I, yeah. I think, for uh, several months ago when this. Trey, was Trey. Trey Harris? I think that, yes, Trey Harris. I That's believe right. that is right. He, he's the developer, and he was on our show and explained how this all works, using some some old state law, that sort of thing, to facilitate these transactions. Nicole uh, Cabanez with the National Consumer Law Center said the lawsuit claims that Colony Ridge targeted Latinos, assuming that the community had limited access to credit. Uh, the CFPB and DOJ sued them for violating a range of mortgage laws. Cabin has explained that, but importantly, they sued under the Fair Housing Act and Equal Credit Opportunity Act for reverse redlining. Mm. Mm. So uh, Trey Harris, as I recall, talking about the show, yeah, there were so it's high interest. It's a little money down. Start making a payment. You got uh, you got a piece of land where you could build anything on it. And and and, and then College Ridge is a it's a huge subdivision that's popped up. And it's so big that the state legislature in the last session voted to spend, I think it was $40 million to uh, to create a police force yeah. in Colony Ridge. Yeah, they went big. Yeah. Well, uh, the 45-page complaint alleges that Colony Ridge targets Spanish-speaking borrowers by advertising exclusively on Spanish. Uh, radio stations and TV stations using TikTok and other social media platforms to attract them. What's the problem with that? What's the problem with marketing towards Spanish-speaking customers who need a home to live in. Well, there's nothing wrong with that at all on, okay. a, on the surface. All right. I'm just, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, right? That in and of itself, absolutely the not. The border is wide open. These people need a place to live, right? Sure, sure they do. Right? So do a lot of Americans. Well, the, the complaint also claims the company sold unsuspecting families flood-prone land 
uh, without water, sewer, and electrical infrastructure. That's not 100% correct. They have water, sewer, and infrastructure now. And it is a flood-prone area of Very, Liberty County. Yeah. That's why the land's cheap. Yeah. That's why they're, they're that's why the land's cheap. Well, some of those aerial shots, it looks like it could just be a big muddy mess whenever it rains. Well, uh, uh the complaint also uh, claims the company sold unsuspecting families, uh, you know, flood-prone land, no water, no sewer, no electrical and set them up to fail with loans they can't afford. Now, there's some people that couldn't afford it and now they've moved on and now County Ridge is selling that piece of property to somebody else. Yeah. Uh, here's a quote from uh, Cabenas uh, with the uh, National Consumer Law Center. They essentially, uh, that's essentially the message that this lawsuit is putting out into the world. You, uh, that you cannot, you cannot target a population that you consider to be vulnerable with expensive products that are built to fail. Mm. Well, they didn't build anything. They just provided the land. Land is sold every day to, to people without any water or electricity. Sure. And you can build anything you want, right? Sure. This Colony Ridge thing is is uh, I mean it, it's it's been pretty controversial, you know. Very. It, it's it seems like it's caused. I know that there are a lot of legitimate homes. From what I understand, there are a lot of legitimate homes in this area as well. But it just seems like it's it's this whole development has invited way too much controversy than than it should have, and it really boils down to. I mean, that was one of the things that that. Uh, I'd heard the most about, aside from the arguments that, you know, he's inviting in illegal immigrants and he's creating an illegal immigrant community, was that he's preying on these people who are, have, you know, very, a lot of, a lot of whom, you know, this is their only option. And, they, and he knows that. So it's like, well, you know, this is, take this or, or, or get nothing. You remember that story about that Mexican national that shot up his neighbors? Yeah. Neighbor went over and asked him to stop shooting his gun in the backyard. And so this, uh, this, this guy went over and shot up the whole family and went on a run. Yeah, that was Liberty County. That was uh, that was in the Colony Ridge area where they found the That's guy. right. Yeah, so I mean that gives you an idea. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I, I think that uh, there's probably a lot more of that than people are willing to admit because you know it makes them look bad. We've heard some. You know, I've heard varying law enforcement reports. You know, some people say, yeah, you know, there's a lot of this stuff. It's it's a, har- a hub for cartel activity, and others will say, no, I don't see any of that stuff. I think the only reason the feds are now going after Colony Ridge. Is because the brother of Trey Harris, the developer of Colony Ridge, donated a bunch of campaign money to uh, Governor Greg Abbott. Right. Yeah, L- a lot of money. That's why they're going after him. Mm-hmm. Feds weren't even con- weren't even concerned about this. The feds are not even concerned about these, uh, you know, these colonists that pops up. They're not. They're not worried about that. They they want the open borders. That's right. They want the people to come in and turn Texas blue. They want to target once, the people who who are against that. Once they learn that uh, Governor Greg Abbott may have benefited with a campaign donation from that project, uh, they 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 turn their attention towards this project, don't yeah, they? Can't have that. Not at all. Cabanez said that there uh, that that these types of alleged practices happen often in Hispanic communities or non-English speakers. Uh, there's a certain kind of helplessness that comes with having these language barriers and having these other vulnerabilities. That's a load of crap. That is crap. That is crap, crap, crap right there. Mm. Every business in town, uh, especially across Liberty, every business across Texas has Spanish speakers there. Yeah. The menu is it. That's, that's a load of crap. Yeah, this is Texas. Yeah. Spanish is the second language. Yeah. What is she talking about? I, I, that, that, that's hard to believe. I'll definitely agree with that. That is very hard to believe. Yeah. I mean, you know, it'd be one thing if you were talking about, say, you know, this is in Wyoming, something like that. But this is Texas. We, we speak that here. Well, uh, when asked to comment, Colony Ridge said in a statement that they were uh, blindsided by this lawsuit, saying it was baseless and, other, you know, both outrageous and inflammatory. 
They added that their business thrives off customers' referrals because landowners are, are happy and able to experience the American dream of owning property. They also stated that they're happy to loan uh, to those who have no opportunity to get a loan from anyone else. And they're proud of the relationship that the, between the developer and the customers. Well, they built out like 17,000 lots there in this area, in, in, in Liberty County. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, I mean, that, that's, if you know about like Houston's inner loop, that's, that's an area equivalent to about half of that. I mean, it's massive. And, and it's not too far away. Uh, these guys are known for doing this, though. You know, they, they come in, I mean, for the past 20 or so years, that's what they do. They buy and sell cheap plots of land, and they, and they prey on people like, like you're talking about who can't get anything else. And historically, that appears to have been their their business model. It's worked well for them. Yeah, you know, I, it's I, I, maybe it's not illegal. Uh, you know what what they're what they're doing out there at Colony Ridge, but certainly ethically, it's it's questionable. The Todd and Oz Show weekday mornings five to ten on News Radio KLBJ.